to us there. But that's one way we connect with you. Those that are online, uh, we want to connect with you too. And you just have to text to us the, the number four and the word life, for life to 94,000. If you'll text for life to 94,000, you'll have a way that you can give us your prayer request. You can connect with us. It'll give us an opportunity to connect with you. And we're just glad all of you are here this morning. Amen. There's one more way that, that you can connect with us, and it's one way that is such a blessing to us as a church is through your, the support of your tithes and your offerings. We want to thank you for your faithful support, your generous support of New Life Church and all that we're doing. And even those of you online, we're just so thankful that, uh, that you support us in the way that, that you do. Uh, you can give. There's four ways to give. We'll put it up on the screen. You can give, and, and there's boxes on the way out. You can give uh, through those offering boxes as, as well as the other of the uh, four ways to give. You know, today is Father's Day. How many of you are glad it's Father's Day? Amen. Amen. How many of you are glad that uh, we're celebrating Father's Day? First of all, Father's Day is a very important day. And I'm going to talk about that today. It's important, and that's why when you came in today, there were donuts in there, and we, we call that donuts with daddies. And we have in our preschool, uh, once a year, we do donuts with daddies. And I think this last Friday, we had like 50 dads come with their with their their kids which is just really amazing and wonderful and we wanted to share donuts with daddies with you this morning so that's why we had those available and some good coffee right but uh, as you leave today we've got a special gift for each of of you uh, and it's a special it's a unique gift I promise you're going to to love this gift and as you leave today uh, you make we'll make sure that you get one amen and if you want to follow us we're going to get into the message in just a second, but if you want to follow us uh, uh, on our message notes, you can go to the YouVersion app. If you have the YouVersion Bible app, just go there at the bottom right-hand corner, click more, go to events, and you'll see New Life Church. Our message notes are in there. gives you an opportunity to take notes, take notes home with you, and even read what we talked about. Amen? Yeah. Well, in, in honor of Father's Day, you know, I uh, I cannot help on Father's Day but to think about my dad. And uh, I know I, I look at social media and I look at, uh, at your post and so many of you post pictures of your dad and talk about your dad. And, you know, uh, a lot of us, me included, our, our fathers are in heaven. And uh, yesterday I was in, in Publix and the lady, had, they had some display at the register and she says, why don't you buy one of these for your dad? And I said, well, thank you, but my dad's in heaven. And she goes, oh, that is so good to hear that. <laughs> well, it is good. Uh, it's good that he's in heaven. <laughs> but uh, uh, but it, was, it was kind of a cute moment. But, you know, it takes people off guard when you say, no, my dad's in, my dad's in heaven. And, uh, but, he, but he is. But I can't help but to think about, about my father. So I put a picture up here. This is, this is my dad. And, uh, and, you know, his name was E. Nathan Johnson. It's Edward Nathan Johnson, Jr. He was a junior. It's also Pastor Tim's dad and my mom's husband. <laughs> uh, and, uh, but my dad was a wonderful father, and he was a strong man of God. He, loved, he was a pastor for many years. Uh, he loved kids. He loved doing things with us. He was just a really really good man. But I also want to show you 
some reasons why he was such a good dad and, and, and what gave me hope in being a good dad. And that's this four generations picture here. That's my grandfather on the right. That is E. Nathan Johnson Sr., and uh, who was also in heaven, and then my dad on the, on the left there. And that's me in that 80s shirt in the middle there. <laughs> that was a few years ago. It was about 10 years ago. No. <laughs> I actually had hair then, okay? And then that's me holding my son, Chris, our oldest son. And, uh, you know, when, when you look at generations, it's generations of godly men fathering godly men and leading people, leading children to be godly people. And, uh, you know, I have three sons today, and the first thing I did this morning is woke up and I text them because they're all over the place in Orlando and New York City, and one son's here, but he's out of town, and, uh, and text them and said, Happy Father's Day. I'm so thankful that you made me a father. <laughs> and, uh, you know, uh, it's just a blessing. But there's an old saying there's an old saying that says, babies don't come with an instructional manual. How many ever heard that saying? I remember just before my, my son was born, uh, our oldest son, Chris, was born, actually with each of them, had this thought. But just before that first one was born, I remember thinking, I don't know how to be a dad. I don't know how to be a, a father. How am I going to do this? It was kind of like that, that feeling I had uh, it was kind of like that feeling I had when the day I got married, you know, like, you know, I don't know if I know how to be a good husband, you know, and, uh, but God helps you, God guides you, but God, but babies don't come with an instructional manual, and when we have babies, when we have children, it means everything's going to change. How many know when you had your children, everything changed, right? Just like the day you got married, everything changed, right? But I always wanted to be a good dad. I always had a desire. I had a good role model. My father was a good role model. My grandfather was a good role model. And uh, I had, can you not hear me? It's crashing. Okay, they turned me off so I can't hear you. I guess I don't have a choice in this, do I? Okay, how's that? Is that better? I have no idea why it's cracking. But I would really like to go back to this mic, so turn this one back on. I'm going to pull it away from my face and see if that works, okay? I don't... How's that? Is that better? If it doesn't work, I will pick this mic back up, and I will finish it, but I like to have my hands free, you know? I talk with my hands, right? And all, but I always wanted to be a good father. And so I studied, I, I looked at, you know, my grandfather and my, both of my grandfathers and who were godly men. I looked at my father. I looked at my older brother who had five children and, you know, always thought my older brother was such a good father. I wanted to be like these. And, and I would see great dads. How many of you have just, like, been out at Publix or in a park and you see just somebody you look at and say, man, that's a great dad. You know, that's a great dad. You know, I, I, I wanted to be a good dad, so I took my, my three sons at diff different times, usually one at a time. I'd take them on business trips with me, I, so I had one-on-one -on -one time. I, I taught them each how to play golf, and I took the three of them on, on golfing trips. You know, we would we'd go off for two or three days and just play golf for a few days, and I never got any better, but they got pretty good, <laughs> you know. Uh, I coached their team sports. I, I coached soccer and 
and baseball and football, and I coached them growing up. My wife actually coached uh, soccer with our boys growing up too. And, and my wife and I, one of the most important things, we don't talk about enough, we, were, we both led children's church when our kids were younger. My wife started that, but, but we wanted them not only to see us as coach and, and see us as, as a business person or my wife as a teacher, we wanted them to see us as godly people, leading people, leading other children to God. And, you know, one of the things that we did that was so important to us is we, we decided we wanted to spend time with them. You know, time is such an important thing. It's the most valuable resource we have. And I think one of the things that helped us to, to, to at least be as good of a parent as we were, as good of a father as I was, is the time we set aside to say this is our time with, with our sons. And, to, and today I still think a lot about, I think a lot about, about what kind of father I've been. I think a lot uh, about what kind of father and grandfather I am today. I told, uh, our, one, we had a couple of our granddaughters staying with us a few weeks ago and the older, the older uh, granddaughter that was staying with us was 13 and I told her, I said, have you ever thought about what kind of, of parents you want to be or what type of grandparents you want to be? She goes, no, Papa, I haven't. And I said, well, I've thought about what kind of grandfather I want, want to be, and that's I want to be a nutty grandfather. I want to be crazy. I want to do crazy stuff. And that's what we, we, we always do, and it, it makes a mark. And, and I, I think about those things. And I think about, as I grow older, what kind of father and grandfather I want to be to to my older children and to my, my older grandchildren and one day, I guess, great-grandchildren. What kind of father do I want to be? And uh, I do that because fatherhood's important, church. Fatherhood is important. C.S. Lewis said, Father and son is of all relations the most central. It's most central. And we see this throughout Scripture, especially in the stories of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. We see it in the Old Testament of, of so many father, relationships of fathers and sons and generations. In the New Testament, we see a whole new, a whole new dimension of fatherhood, and that's, that is the Father, God the Father to His Son, Jesus. We see a perfect example C.S. Lewis also said, fatherhood must be at the core of the universe. Now, there's two ways to hear that. Fatherhood must be at the core, as in that's the way God created the universe, for fatherhood to be at the core. The other thing is fatherhood must be, we must make it the core of our universe and our world. And I want you to understand today, there's, I have a lot of friends that at my age that don't have children or biological children. You do not have to have biological children to be a father or to be a mother. You don't. There's a thing called spiritual fathers. And our world needs fathers and mothers, godly fathers and mothers, but our world needs godly spiritual mothers and fathers. You know, the Apostle Paul was a spiritual father to Timothy. He, was a, he, he referred to him as a son. He referred to several of his disciples as, as sons. And you see that with all the apostles in the, in the New Testament. 1 Corinthians, the Apostle Paul wrote 1 Corinthians 4.15. Hey, listen to this. 
For though you might have 10,000 instructors in Christ, yet you do not have many fathers. What he's saying there is there's a lot of people that want to tell you what to do and how to do it. But a, but a father is different. And a father must be at the, at the core. Fatherhood must be at the core of our world and our universe. I also text Dr. Dale this morning. Many of you know Dr. Dale. He's been here so many times. Dr. Dale is, is, is part of our board of directors. But Dr. Dale's a spiritual father to me. And I just text him. I says, you know, you're such a great father and example of a father to your children because I, I see him and his children. But you're also a great example as a spiritual father and, and to me. He has many spiritual sons. So what I want to talk with you about today for the next few minutes is I want to talk to you about what kind of father is God? What kind of father is God? You ever thought about that? You know, we think about God as God. We think of him as God, and we know that the Bible says he's a good God, that, he, that God is good, right? And, and we have descriptions of God throughout the Bible, but what kind of father is God? And it's important for us to understand this because your understanding of God affects everything else in your life. Your understanding of God as father will, will affect every aspect down to the core of your being and who you are. It'll affect your life. Your view of God affects everything. You see, your view of, of God as Father affects how you view your Father. But what's real important is how you view your Father can affect how you view God as Father. Are you hearing me, church? So your view of God will affect how you become a father, the way you spiritually father, it'll affect how you receive fathering from your father or maybe from a spiritual. It affects everything. So my point here is, well, maybe there actually is an instructional manual for fatherhood. Think about it. I always thought maybe there's not, but there is. John 14 Nine, Jesus came here and he says Jesus, that he who has seen me has seen the Father. He who has seen. Jesus came and he says, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. You see, Jesus came to show the Father, show us what the Father, the real heavenly Father, what God the Father is really like, what the Father looks like. If you want to know that, look at Jesus. Read about Jesus. If you want to know what the Father is like and who he is, look at Jesus. That's what the Bible's saying there. If you want to know more about the Father, guess what? You got to know more about Jesus. Why? Because the Bible says he's the way, the truth, and the life. If you want to go to the Father, if you want to know the Father, you got to know him. You got to know the Son. Colossians 1.15 says about Jesus that he is the image of the invisible God. When we look at fatherhood, we look at Jesus, and we say, that's fatherhood, because we see the Father. Are you hearing me, church? We see the Father. We, we know when Jesus came down to be baptized, he heard this voice. Everybody heard this voice, but he heard this voice that says, in you, my son, I am well pleased. There are no words that a father can tell a child 
then I am so proud of you. I am so proud. You're a blessing to my life. Thank you for making me a father. <laughs> Amen? Jesus taught us to pray. And this is really important. When Jesus says, therefore pray ye our Father in heaven. Now I want you to understand those words. And when, when I pray that or when I contemplate that, those words, our Father, that means we're brothers and sisters in Christ. Our, he's our Father. He's our Father in heaven. That's an important distinction to make. And today, I want to give you four truths about God as our Father. If you ever feel alone, if you ever feel like, well, I don't have family close by, just stop and pray like Jesus says. Father, our Father who art in heaven. Amen? Our Father. You're my Father. You're not alone when you think you've got a big family around you. Amen? But there's four things I want you to know and remember about God as Father this morning. And I want you to know this. I want you to remember this. I want you to implant it in your heart. First is God is a caring Father. He's a caring Father. Psalms 103.13 tells us that the Lord is like a father to his children, tender and caring to those who fear or honor him. You see, God wants you to think of him as father. He's not just a friend. He is a friend, but he's not just a he's He wants you to think of him as a father. I think that this is why the devil is so intent on destroying fatherhood. Everything in our world, it seems, goes towards trying to destroy fatherhood, the value of fatherhood, the relationship of father to children. The devil is intent on that. And that's why many children grow up with, with negative connotations of, of what a father is. Some think of their father, they, it stirs up kind of unhappy memories, if you will, of maybe growing up in a, in a, a home of an alcoholic or maybe just a, an abusive person. For others, it means maybe that father was never around you know, maybe it was absent, the father was, and we have so many of that today in our world. So many homes, the father is absent. But I want you to know today that God is our father in heaven. What that means is God is our heavenly father. He's different than our earthly father. He is the example. He is the perfect example. He is different. When we mold and when we shape our own image of God the Father, we need to understand, we may look, I can look at my father, he was a good father, he was a good man, but you know what? He was never anywhere near what God the Father is like. Okay, I, my father to me was nine feet tall and he was perfect. But as I've grown older, I realized, you know, my father had, had issues and troubles and things like that. So it doesn't matter if you had a great father as a, as a model or if you had a father that was abusive. Understand, you need to look to the father. He is the one that gives us the image of fatherhood. He, the Bible says that he's perfect. That song we sang this morning, he's 
perfect in every way. He's caring. He's caring beyond our, our comprehension. His love is uncomprehendable. How many know God loves you more than you can ever, ever realize, ever understand? 1 Peter 5, 7 tells us that, that you can give all of your worries. He loves you so much that he tells us you can give all your worries to him. Give all your worries and cares to God for he cares about you. He cares about you. You don't have to carry your problems and your cares and your worries and problems all by yourself. God says, no, I don't want you to carry them at all. He says, give them to me. Give them to me. So God is a caring father. The second thing I want you to see this morning is God is a consistent father. I know, I know like I know the back of my hand. I tried to be consistent with my children but I was not always consistent because I'm not perfect. And, you know, there were times that I would do things or say things or discipline in certain ways or, or whatever. There were times that I just wasn't consistent. But God is a consistent father. He's consistent. James 1.17 says, Every good gift and every perfect gift, every good and every perfect gift is from above. And it comes down from the Father of lights of whom there is no variation or shadow of turning. That means he doesn't change. He is consistent. The Bible tells us that he can be counted on. He can be depended upon. He can be relied upon. I have never known God to be moody. I have never known God to have a bad day. I've had bad days. Anybody had bad days? But I've never known God to have a bad day, and I will tell you, I've never known him to wake up grouchy. I have. How many of you ever do that, right? 2 Timothy 2.13 says, if we are unfaithful, how many have been unfaithful? I have been. Un I've been unfaithful to God. I've been unfaithful to people and relationships, and I've been unfaithful to myself as a, as a child of God. And so he doesn't just say, you know, he, he, he knows that, that sin. He knows our weaknesses. He knows there are times we're going to be unfaithful. He says, if we are unfaithful, he remains faithful. He is our rock. He's the one we come back to. If we are unfaithful, he is faithful. He cannot deny who he is. That's why in that song, and I highlighted, wanted to highlight, it's where in that song, when he speaks to our heart, he's saying, that's who I am. I'm a good, good father. That's who I am. I'm perfect in all my life. That's who I am. We need to let that marinate in our hearts. We need to that, let that soak into our minds and understand he is perfect in all of his ways. He's a good father because that's who he is. And he cannot deny himself. He cannot deny who he is. Why? He's consistent. He's consistent. The world we live in is a changing place. How many know our world and it's changing faster and faster and faster at an incredible rate every day? While the world is in constant flux and change, one thing, I'm telling you, church, one thing we can count on is God always acts the same towards me, towards you. God always acts in response. Why? Because he's consistent. He's consistent. 
He says in Malachi 3, 6, I am the Lord. I do not change. You see, the God you met when maybe you were seven years old or 20 years old or whatever, the God you met is still the same God you serve and love today. He's consistent. He doesn't change. He doesn't, he's not going to be one way today and a different way tomorrow. Jesus said in Hebrews 13, 8, he says, Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. That means through all eternity, the God we meet and know and grow in relationship with here and now is the God we'll spend eternity with. He's the same. God's a caring and consistent Father. The third thing I want you to see this morning is God is a close Father, a close Father. One of the things that my wife and I, every day in our prayer time, we almost never miss this, but we pray this almost every day, is God, help keep our, close fam our family close. Help keep our family close. You know, the world can separate us through problems and differences and through miles and geography and all that kind of stuff. But Lord, keep our family close. God wants to be a close father to you. Acts 17, 27 through 29 says, God wanted them, and he's speaking, he's talking really about us. God wanted us to look for him and perhaps to search all around for him and find him, though he is not far from any of us. What that says is God wants you close and he wants you to keep searching. You know, when you find yourself away from God and you're, you're thinking, man, I just feel so far. Have you ever felt far from God? I mean, I'm not saying you, you fell into sin. I'm just saying there are times where you just seem to just feel far from God. It's like, God, where are you? God's saying, I just want you to search for me. Find me, look for me. Where am I at? He wants us to draw close to him. He wants to be close to us. He's always available and accessible. I remember growing up, one of the things I, I always remember about my dad is I would call his, his office and his secretary would answer and would say, well, he's in a meeting right now, but let me go get him. And I found out, I didn't know this until I was older, but he had told his secretary, any of my children or my wife calls, no matter where I'm at or what I'm doing, you find me because I want to talk with them. See, he was always accessible. I've tried to do that. When I see on my cell phone, it's one of my kids, my wife calling, I stop what I'm doing. I get up out of a meeting and leave a meeting. Whatever it is, I stop what I'm doing because I want to be accessible. I want to be there for them at that very moment. That's the way God is. He's never too busy. He's never too busy for us. You, you might have grown up with a father that seemed to always be too busy. And there are, you know, there are times where all of us have a business, but you may have grown up where you just, you know, in a home where your father never had time to have a catch or may have never had time to go out and play or just to take a walk or, or take you to the store. You know, I used to just love my dad to take me to the store, just to go to the store with him. You see, God is never too busy. He's never too busy. Jesus taught us in Matthew. He says, come to me. He says, come to me, all you who are weary and carry heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. Most of the time, we think of that because we, there are times we're weary and we're carrying heavy burdens, and we, say, we, we think of that part of it. But Jesus, the first words in that is, come to me. You know what? You can come to him even when you're not weary. 
You can come to him when you're not carrying heavy burdens. You can come to him at any time in any place because he's never far from you. He wants to be close to you all the time. God loves to meet our needs. He wants us to come to him with our needs. Some people say, I just don't want to bother. I, want to, I don't want to bother you, you know, with this. I shouldn't bother. No, God loves to meet. Philippians says that God will meet all your needs according to his glorious riches in Christ Jesus. All your needs. Why? Because he loves to do that. It's not a burden for him to meet your needs. It's a joy for God. God wants to meet all your needs. And he doesn't want to meet your needs according to how perfect you are. He doesn't want to meet your needs according to how good you are or how hard you work or, or if you mowed the lawn, you know, or, or whatever, you know, chores that we, we think of that we have. He doesn't want to meet your needs. He wants to meet them according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. I tell you, he's a good father, but he wants to be a close father. He wants us to come close. He wants to meet our needs. God is a sympathetic father. He's sympathetic to all of our hurts. I don't know about you, but I go through times where I just hurt. Maybe physically, yeah? But maybe also emotionally, you know? Something happened, something, we hurt. God is sympathetic to all of our hurts. Psalms 34, 18 says, the Lord is near to the brokenhearted and saves those who are crushed in spirit. Have you ever been crushed in spirit? I have. If you've ever gone through a hard time, maybe a broken relationship or maybe a season of loss or whatever, maybe a sickness or dealing with a family member that's passed away, but there are times in our lives that our spirits are just crushed, we're broken. And the Bible says he loves the brokenhearted. He loves for you to come and cry on his shoulder. He's a good father. God is a caring, consistent, and close father. And the the last point, the fourth point that I want to make here today is God is a competent father. He's a competent father. How many know God knows what he's doing? A lot of times we just got to trust him. He knows what he's doing. And you know what? He can do anything. Not only does he know what he's doing, but he can do anything. Jesus said in Luke 137, he said, for nothing is impossible with God. How many know that word nothing means? In the Greek, it means, in English, it means nothing is impossible. He can handle any problem at all. He, if, if we'll give it to him. The problem is most of us don't give him those problems. We don't give him those worries. We don't bring them to him. Nothing is beyond his ability. Why? Because he's a good father. All these things he does because he's a good father, because he loves us. I, I remember, uh, you know, the, watching my children on the playground, but I remember as a, as a child myself on the playground hearing other kids going, my daddy can do anything. Have you ever heard a child say that? You see, I'm going to tell you, our father, our father, your father, my father, our father in heaven can do anything anything. There's a, there's a little joke that I, that I like, and, and it says this little boy was on the playground, and he tells, he tells another little boy, he says, my dad can beat up your dad. And the little boy responds, says, that's nothing, so can my mom. 
<laughs> but see, our Heavenly Father can do anything. Think of the biggest problem you're dealing with right now. You know, there are some problems that we know are fixable, right? If I do this, I can fix that problem. I can call a plumber and fix the plumbing, right? We know there's pro fixable. But there are other problems in our lives, maybe relationships, maybe our past, maybe, uh, maybe it's just other situations in life, maybe seasons of loss that we haven't recovered from. All of these things, God can do anything. He can handle those things. He can take care of those things. He is able. He's able to do anything if we will trust him. If we'll trust his competency, he's competent. You see, my heavenly father can do anything, and the biggest problem most of us have is that we don't bring it to him. I think there, there's this mentality that we see so much in the world today, hey, I can do it myself. And I'm going to tell you folks, I think one of the biggest th things that, that we have to face is we have to, in order we before we come to him, before we draw close to him, is no, I can't do it myself. I can't do this, God. I pray that all the time. God, I can't do this. I can't do this. But God can. Our Father can. You see, whatever you need the Heavenly Father to do in your life, he can do. Whatever is needed in your life, he can do. He can handle it. It's not a problem for him. James 1.5 says, ask in faith. All you need to do is ask in faith without doubting. Without doubting. Do you believe that your Father in heaven can do anything? Do you believe he is competent to do anything? Do you believe he loves you so much that he wants to do these things in your life? You see, church, God is caring. He's consistent. He's close and he's competent. He's competent. He's confident he can do it. I want to ask the worship team to, to come on back up. The question in most of our lives today, and most of us, is not whether God is a good father. The question is not whether God's a good father. The question is, are we his children? Are we good children? That's the question. We should never question Father God whether or not he's good, but we should be looking at ourselves and saying, am I a good child? Am I a good son? Am I a good daughter? Do we honor him as father? Do we bring our cares? You know that it's part of being a good child is bringing your cares to your father. Do we trust him as a good father? Do we trust him that he's competent? Do we want to be near him as much as he wants to be near us? Do we draw close to him, even in the hardest of times and the best of times? And do we believe that he, really believe that he's a good father? Those are questions. Those, those are questions we ponder to be good children. You see, fatherhood is all about relationship. God wants a loving relationship, a corresponding, a conversational, a, a, an interactive relationship with each of us. The question is, do we want the same with him? You see, church, God wants that with you. Do you want that with him? It's a choice we all make. Every one of us have that choice. John 1.12, listen to this. He says, to all who receive him, 
and believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. You know, there's not too many things in this world that we can honestly say are absolute rights. But when Jesus says this, to all who come to him, all who receive him, all who believe on his name, he gave the right to become a child of God. When you believe in him, 